Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Today we're going to get back into the Word and we're going to talk about finishing strong. Did anyone have an opportunity to stop finishing strong within the past week? And, and I'm sure some of us did. Uh, perhaps it was something that happened on the job or a coworker said something silly or, or one of the things that we were talking about the previous week, you had an opportunity to, to walk out and walk through. But today we're just going to focus, <clears throat> and I just want to encourage you for a few moments on finishing strong. We're going to finish 2019. We're going to finish strong, family. Look at somebody next to you and say, we're going to finish strong. Say, I'm going to help. Say, I'm going to help. And we're going to finish strong together. Come on, come on, family. If, if we have to carry each other across the finish line, if we have to drag somebody, it's okay to let them stand up at the last second and let them take the credit for it. You don't even have to be named. There's people here who have been praying for you and they hadn't even told you and you've been praying for them, but we're going to finish strong together. I said, the enemy's attack will not work against you. You will accomplish what God has set out for you. The finances are going to get fixed. The kids are going to achieve well. They're going to do good at school. They're going to do everything that God's called them. The grandparents are going to be fine. You are going to finish strong. In the name of Jesus. Let's go ahead and pray. And then we'll dismiss the praise and worship team. Heavenly Father, we submit ourselves to you now. You are the epitome of finishing strong. We are inspired not only by your story, but by your character. We are inspired by how you don't allow us to be weak You don't allow us to be on the bench for too long. You don't allow us to feel sorry for ourselves for more than a season. You don't allow us to end up in despair and in disgrace and in depression. You are beckoning us to come on back. Get back in the fight. Get back in the race. To preach again. To sing again. To believe again. To go again. To give again. To love again. To forgive again. And finish strong. We can't even physically wait to embrace you one day and say thank you for allowing me and carving the way for me to finish strong. You wiped away my tears. You made my legs strong when my knees were buckling. You allowed me to dream again and to finish strong. Jesus, you are our example. We submit ourselves to you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you to speak to us and to speak through us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. If, if nothing gets said on that piece of paper, as long as you say and you speak, we will be obedient to you. We submit our will to you and we say, have your way. If you want to heal, be healed right now. If you want to set people free, people are free right now. If you want to inspire the masses and those even in the internet land, let it be so right now. But we put an expectation on you that you're going to speak to our hearts. You're going to allow us to go forth and we're going to receive your word with much gladness. Say, Heavenly Father, 
Come on, say, Heavenly Father, I receive your word today. I come against any distraction and I submit myself to what you would say. You are welcome, Holy Spirit. Move in my heart and in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Family, let's dig into the word. Let's dig into the word. If you can go ahead and post the scriptures, the first scripture we're going to... If you were with us last week, we were discussing Genesis 37, right up to the end of verse uh, chapter 39. And we were going over the story of Joseph. Now, I just want to play a quick catch-up. Now, if we remember, last time when we left off, Joseph was kind of in an interesting situation. He had shared his visions with his brothers. And his brothers, they kind of mocked him. In fact, his father almost rebuked him. But they made fun of him. And then his father sent him to check on his brothers who were feeding the sheep. And he shows up at the wrong spot. And that just by chance, someone was there at the right time in the right season to send him in the right direction. And he finally sees his brothers from afar. And while he's coming afar, his brothers make a plot to beat him up and to strip him of his coat. And then it actually gets even worse. He's having an even rougher time. They actually end up throwing him in a well. And the Bible says that the well didn't even have any water in it. And it gets even worse. And there were some Ishmaelites coming across. And his brothers actually sell him to his cousins. But it doesn't stop there. His cousins actually take him to Egypt. And they, they enslave him and sell him to the Egyptians. And then go forward. And the, the family that he's in slavery under lies on him. And they throw him in jail. And now when we enter the scriptures, we find that he's locked up. And he didn't even do anything. Let's go ahead and read Genesis 39. But while Joseph was in prison, the Lord was with him. How is it? That God can actually still be with me. And I'm in jail. I'm locked up. I feel like my anointing is locked up. The finances are locked up. My marriage is locked up. The community is against me. The world is locked up. The political system is locked up. How is it that I did everything right? I did what I was supposed to do and I'm still locked up. If we are to finish strong, the first message that we're going to agree on is don't get faked out by temporary setbacks. I said, don't get faked out by temporary setbacks. How is it that I did the right thing and I still got the wrong result? I finally witnessed to that person and they got mad at me for being judgmental. I finally prayed for somebody and they didn't even get healed. I finally confronted that tough conversation with my spouse. And it didn't go the way I wanted it to. I finally tried to help somebody. And they told me to stay out of their business. 
I finally did what God told me to do. I finally went up to that person and I was like, would you forgive me? And it created an even bigger argument. How is it that I did the right thing and I got the wrong result and now I'm locked up? See, sometimes we think God isn't there because we're so focused on the results. We wanted to see what God was going to do. But I just want to encourage you. Has it ever dawned on you that God is more interested in building you than in the result? He was more interested in crafting your character than in the end result. We're so fixated and we think, well, if God was with me, I should have succeeded. I should have got the result that I would have wanted to. If God was really there, then I should have turned around. I should have been promoted. I should have gotten the platform. It should have come through by now. But God is trying to create something inside of you. Let me say it a different way. Have you ever gone to the gym and you worked out for an entire week? And you ate right? And you slept right? And you drank water? And then you get on the scale at the end of the week? And you actually gain some weight? Am I preaching to anybody? God didn't tell you to eat two Chick-fil-A sandwiches. I'm going to let that sink in because that's actually for me. I'm not talking to y'all right now. I'm, I'm needing some healing myself. But you look at the scale and it went the wrong way. And you say, well, I must stay away from the gym because that must be the thing that making me gain weight. On not even realizing that the blood is actually flowing to the muscles because it's repairing those muscle fibers. And you see, muscle actually weighs more than fat does. And your body is starting to get strong. You're starting to get some muscles. And when those muscles get bigger, <clears throat> they'll actually help you burn off more fat. And you've also been drinking water because you were dehydrated for most of your life. And you didn't even realize it. And then all of a sudden you're eating more because your metabolism is on fire and you just can't wait to eat. And you gained weight. But if you keep on going to the gym, if you keep on doing what you're supposed to be doing, you'll lose the weight. I want to encourage you this afternoon. Don't stop. Keep going. There's something going on in the unseen which you're not aware of, that you're not responsible for. There are angels actually coming to your household to whisper into your ear in the midnight hour. They're talking to other people on your behalf. There's some stuff that God is doing for you. I know you don't see it. I know you don't feel it. But if you keep on going, you will lose the weight. You will even lose some anxiety. You will lose some depression. You may even lose some friends. You you may lose some debt. You may lose some things that God has no business be on you. If you just keep on the path, if you just keep on the track, if you stick to the workout plan, God is working it out in your favor. And you will see that he's been doing something all along. So family, if you didn't get the result you wanted to get, understand don't get faked out by a temporary setback. Jesus said in John 15 too, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit.
Sometimes you got to go back before you can go forward. I was <clears throat> talking with my nephew Justice and we were hitting some baseballs and, and he was doing a good job and I was just encouraging him that sometimes right before that pitch comes, you got you to gotta bring him back. I was watching a YouTube video of Mike Tyson explaining how to do a proper right cross and he says, when you're in that stance, you got to make sure you bring that shoulder back and s- snap it forward. Sometimes there is a temporary setback, but it's not to injure you. It's not to stop you. It's not even to disappoint you. It's so that you could bear more fruit. Point number two, if we're going to finish strong, that you must remember. Remember that somebody still likes you. Look at somebody and say, somebody still likes you. Let me read that scripture. Verse 21. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. He was locked up. But yet somebody in this place he didn't intend to be to was still showing him favor. Somebody still liked him. God will never allow you to be without somebody who likes you. You may be in a season where everybody likes you. I didn't come to talk to you this morning. I I did, but I'm just trying to be funny. Or you may be in a season where the only people who like you are those who live in your house. You may be in a season where the only person who likes you are those who sleep in your room. You may be in a season where the only people who like you is the people who aren't in your house. I'm not sure what type of season you're in. But God wants to ensure that somebody still favors you. Why? Let me explain it a different way. My children have my favor. Because they're my, they're my babies. And I never understood that about calling them babies. They're, they're, they're not baby. I, we only have one baby, one qualified baby. <laughs> we have three children. Eight to six months. But they're still my babies. And I didn't get that till I became a papa. But they'll be 40 years old. And I'll speak to them like adults. But in my heart, they'll still be my babies. That's why God calls us his children. And see, there are certain things about them that allow me to give more favor to them. I don't just love them because they're mine. I love them sometimes because what they remind me of. So when I walk into my son's room and I'm getting ready to scold him for not picking up things that he needs to pick up or or maybe not doing what he's supposed to be doing, and I look at him, and at the same time that I look at him, that I'm a little frustrated, I see those big brown eyes. And it reminds me of his mama. And even though I'm frustrated with him, I look at the corner of the bedroom and there's a bookshelf. Because you see, he's seen daddy's office. And in daddy's office, there's books. So he grew up thinking that you're supposed to have books. Because if you want to be like daddy, you got to read. And you have to be intelligent. And you got to know stuff. 
So while the while I'm upset with him and I'm trying to tell him what he needs to do better, I'm also reminded about those brown eyes and when I met my wife and all those moments we've shared and the tough times and the good times and the meals and holding hands. And, and I remember him when he didn't even know how to talk right. There's favor because I remember. Let me share something with you. There's favor and somebody likes you because every time God sees you, he remembers. Not only you and your stuff, but he remembers your parents. He remembers your grandparents and how grandmama struggled to make it and the tough life that she lived and how she still cried out to God with tears in her eyes. And when he sees you, he remembers the favor that's due her. And maybe you didn't have anybody godly in your lineage. I'm here to remind you, you're going to be surprised. When you show up to heaven, there's going to be somebody greeting you there who you don't even know who they are or what their name is, but you're going to see a slight resemblance and they're going to say, hi, I I know you never know me, but my lifetime was in the 300s and I know you didn't even know where I was, but you are part of my destiny. You are part of my inheritance and part of the favor that was due to you was because I stood in the gap and I prayed for you even though you didn't even know about me. And whether you're not even mature enough to understand that, when God sees you, when you line up in obedience to Jesus Christ, he can't help but see his son. He can't help but see his own baby. When your knees start to buckle and you still stand fast, he remembers when the weight of Jesus's knee buckled only for a moment as he was carrying his cross to Calvary's hill. He's remembered of his own son. Every time you obey, every time you forgive, every time you speak, every time you do the right thing, he's like, they remind me of my son who I gave for the world. Therefore, favor is put upon you. So why does somebody like you. Somebody still likes you because God still favors you. I said he still favors you. Do you see how this temporary season that you're going through is almost irrelevant? It almost doesn't even matter. There's a cascade of favor. There's a cascade of love. There's a cascade of blessing that is trying to find you. And even if it's a warden through a prison, that favor has to find its way inside of the jail cell to get to Joseph. I just want to remind you, just think about all the encouraging words. Think about that neighbor. Think about the coworker who didn't even know and shook your hand and patted you on the back. Think about that church friend that gave you an encouraging word. And they had no idea. I just want to remind you that God, someone still likes you because God still favors you and his favor is searching after you. It's trying to find you and if it's in jail, it'll come on in the jail and if it's at work, it'll come on at work. If it's in the middle of a messed up situation, it'll find you wherever you are. You are not lost. You are God's child. He knows where you are and somebody still likes you because God still favors you. Point number three before we go to the close. Let's read verse 22. 
So the warden put Joseph in charge of all of those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Somebody saying whatever he did. Point number three, if we're going to finish strong. Start operating in your calling today. I said start operating in your calling today. See, Joseph didn't wait to get out of jail to become a master of business administration. If you read the scriptures, he's got some mad business savvy. He was a a master planner, an advisor, a consigliere. He had skills. But he didn't say, I'm going to wait till I get done being locked up. And then I'm going to do that. He started operating in his calling where he was. And that's where God commanded the blessing. So I'm going to encourage you like I'm encouraging myself. If God's called you to get involved in politics, get on the campaign trail now. If God's called you to write a book, I know you don't know the name of the book. And I know you don't know how many chapters. But can you write a sentence today? Can you just get the first word out? I know God's called you to be a CEO. Can you start by being the CEO of your room? Can you be the CEO of your cubicle? Can you be professional in all that you do and all you would say? If God's called you to minister and he's called all of us to minister, let's not wait until something happens. Let's not wait until we go to Bible college. Let's not wait until someone gives us permission. Let's start ministering now. And why? Why is it that I should start today? Here's why. Because God loves you so much. He is giving you today a dress rehearsal. Did you realize that right now, this is actually a dry run through for the big show? Right now, today, you are actually in the middle of a dress rehearsal. But sometimes when we don't get the platform, when we don't get elevated, when it doesn't work out the way we thought it would, it's like an actor not wanting to come out of the dressing room and they don't want to practice. But family, it's in the rehearsal that everything is perfected. It's in the rehearsal that we discover things about ourselves we didn't realize. Oh, I didn't know if I stood here, the the speaker would squeak. I didn't realize if I stood here, this would happen. I didn't understand if I stood here, nobody would be able to see me. It's in the rehearsal where your character is built. It's in the rehearsal where your character is refined. It is in the rehearsal where your words begin to pierce the way they should. It is in the rehearsal. So it is time that we come out from stage left, get onto your stage, and start your dry run through because the show is on you are the star and your time is now the bible says don't wait four months until the harvest jesus is saying the harvest is ready to go we need you to get out in the field it's ripe for you today god wants to give you opportunities every day so take them And see, if Joseph wouldn't have took those opportunities, some of those prisoners wouldn't have prospered. Did you know there's some people right here? I know this may come as a shock to you. 
But there's some people under the sound of my voice that are locked up right now. I know they look good. I know they smell good. I know they, they raise their hands the way they're supposed to. But they're locked up. And if you don't do what you're supposed to do, not only are you not practicing that being you, you're keeping them from getting that blessing. Did you realize that you were called to be a blessing to everybody who knows you? Everybody who knows you should be increased just by the, oh, you know them? Yeah, one time they encouraged me. One time they spoke a word and they didn't even understand. One time they made me laugh so hard, a booger came out of my nose. One time they said the right thing at the right moment and I didn't, I didn't go off on my children because I was just stretched out. Everybody who comes in the sphere of your influence should come away saying, I've just been in the presence of something special because the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. I guess what I'm saying is don't discount yourself. Don't discount the impact you're supposed to have. Don't discount how valuable you are, not only to your family, not only to your community, not only to the church, but to the kingdom. Don't discount it. Start acting and walking in your calling today. If the praise and worship team can come back up, I'm going to close with one final thought. If you can put Genesis, the 40th chapter on, we finally made it all the way to the 40th chapter. Uh, next week, we'll conclude uh, my portion of it. Um, I have something exciting and, 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 uh, to share next week. But I just want to close this out the right way. Let's read this portion of scripture as we close service today. And they said to him, by the way, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. It's not going to be. They're in jail now. Let me just set the scene. Uh, the butler and the baker are in jail with Joseph. And he sees them and they were sad. He's like, why are you guys sad? They're like, well, we had a dream. We don't know what it means. And he's like, I got you faded. Just tell me what's going on. And here's where we jump in. We each had a dream and there was no interpreter. He shares with them the dream. And at the end of that, he snaps. He preaches a home run. And at the end of his message, here's what he tells them. Because it, it happened exactly like he said. Just say, hey, I, <clears throat> remember me. Remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to the Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. And also, I've done nothing here that they should put me in the dungeon. In other words, I hooked you up. Tell Pharaoh, get me out of here. Well, that makes sense. There's nothing wrong, I guess, in doing that. Here's my closing point today. And this is the story of Joseph. Don't cheapen your gift 
by trying to get others to recognize you. I said, don't cheapen your gift by trying to get others to recognize you. Do you realize you are cheapening your gift? Joseph wasn't doing anything wrong. But we don't blame him because we've done the same thing. See, Joseph was like, hey, send the message. I interpreted your dream. It came true. I'm a man of God. I can preach. I can sing. Here's my business card. I'm business savvy. Um, I talk right. I do the right things. I'm funny. Yeah, here's my brand. I'm trying to give it to you. Don't cheapen your gift. Don't cheapen your gift. Because here's what happened. What if he would have gone to Pharaoh and Pharaoh would have said, he would have said to Pharaoh, hey, Pharaoh, guess what? This guy interpreted my dream and, and now I'm out. Pharaoh would have been like, oh, that's nice. But two years went by and then Pharaoh had a dream and he said, is there anybody who knows what to do with this dream? And then the butler spoke up in the right season, at the right time, without a business card, without a mention. And he said, there's this young Hebrew over here locked up. You know the rest of the story. Here's my point. My point is Joseph went through a process. Do you see how he was talking at the beginning of the story? He was like, hey brothers, all y'all going to be bound down to me? Even my, even my pops, all y'all going to bow down. I'm going to be like this. Y'all going to be like this. And that's what's up. But do you see how he talked? We don't have time to get into it. But if you read the Bible, see how he talks to Pharaoh. And if his talk didn't change. When he talked to Pharaoh, he didn't say, hey, Pharaoh, everybody's going to be bowing down. And this and that. He said, Pharaoh, if it pleases you. You should select a wise man. He didn't even mention himself. He didn't even slip the business card. He didn't even give his resume. He just said, Pharaoh, if it pleases you, you should probably select a wise man. And then you should have governors and you should save a fifth of the crops. His attitude and his communication changed. He went from someone with fantastic skill sets to someone who was a savvy businessman. Did you see the change? Do you see the difference? So I'm trying to encourage you. Don't cheapen your gift by trying to convince others. Just stay on your path. Stay on your plan. Commit to the process and commit to finishing strong. Don't be sidetracked to what everyone else is doing. Don't be sidetracked if something's going on over here. Stay in your lane. Stay on your journey. Stay on your path. And you will see at the right time and the right season. God desperately wants whatever it is that he's called you to do to happen. But he's got to build you up. And he is not willing for you to arrive at the show and not even be ready to give the lines you've been called to give. Are you hearing me this afternoon, family? In summary, let us remember today that if we're going to finish strong in, in 2019, to not get faked out by temporary setbacks, to remember that somebody still likes you and remember why. And lastly, to start oper operating in our calling today. 
Let's stop cheapening our gifts, whether it be through disobedience, through fear, through sin, whatever it is. Let's lay that aside and finish strong in 2019. Family, would you stand and pray with me this afternoon as we close service? Go ahead and go into worship as we pray and we'll close it. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray, but take a moment. Feel free to enter into worship for a few moments before we leave one another. Go ahead and seek his face momentarily before we dismiss. Come on, God wants to deposit something in your heart. God wants to make sure that word sinks in. God wants to prepare you for the battle of the week to come. I encourage you to open your heart, open your voice, lift your dreams, and allow God to show you where he's taking you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray together as a family, and we thank you we're going to stop cheapening our gift. Father, we're going to start acting to what you've called us to do now. We're not going to wait four months. The harvest The harvest is ripe. Father, we're not going to get distracted by temporary setbacks. We understand that there's only two columns. Total victory, temporary setbacks. And whichever one we face today, we'll be able to appropriate them in the right column and move forward with you. We're going to press towards the calling. We're not going to be shy about it. We're going to engage in whatever you have for us to do in this season And we're going to accomplish all that. Grab the hand of somebody next to you. Heavenly Father, we come against depression. We come against anxiety. Yes, we even come against sickness and disease. And we dismiss those from the people of God in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that there is a shout of victory in the house. We thank you that there is a shout of joy in the house. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We thank you that your children are strong this afternoon. We thank you that they are wise this afternoon. We thank you that they are making decisions and they're successful and all they put their hand to. We thank you that they're not looking at their bank account, but they're looking at your promises. And we thank you, Father, that debts are being dismissed. We thank you that anxieties are being dissipated. We thank you that you are given ideas. You are given the finance. You are given the resources. You are giving the relationships. You are giving the words in due season. You are giving the stories. You are giving, yes, God, even the business ideas. You are depositing them even now as they worship. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for everything you're doing. We thank you for everything you've done. And we declare that you deserve it all. You deserve my heart. You deserve my life, and we thank you for it. One last thing. If you haven't had a chance to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite the family of God to repeat after me. We're going to get things right so we can finish the year right. Repeat after me, and do it with boldness. Don't be ashamed. Move forward in 2000, as we close out 2019. Say, Heavenly Father, we love you, and we ask forgiveness of all of our sins. Holy Spirit, welcome into my heart. I listen to your voice. I submit myself to you. Lead me. Guide me. And I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I believe that he died 
and rose again for me. Now I receive the plan he has for me. In Jesus' name. Family, would you give a hand clap and go back into praise as we welcome Pastor Bethel back up. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.